This is Down the Aisle Wrestling Podcast, where we only make one promise. We will always reach for that. Crash Raymond. With Robbie Mack and Kevin Laramay. Here's Kevin Laramay. And we are back. Good day, good night. Welcome back to Down the Aisle Wrestling Podcast. Tonight, Rob, we're going to talk about Night of Champions. It's our preview show. As certainly as Kevin, and are you excited about Night of Champions 2015? I actually kind of am. If it's for the whole Sting situation, and we'll talk about it and how they fucked up the build in the last couple of weeks, but uh, the Sting situation, obviously Charlotte's rematch, and she's probably going to get over Nikki now. The Rollins double duty, maybe. Uh, the coming back of the White suit that he had in the previous pay-per-view. All those things are actually getting me quite excited for Night of Champions this Sunday. Yeah, that's. I I got mixed feelings about Night of Champions. I don't think the build has been that good, and you just kind of alluded to the fact of it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things, Kevin. Where I think there's been some braiding slips on Raw within the past month, and I think we're starting to to see why. I, I don't know if it's because we're in a SummerSlam hangover, maybe. And I know what happens after uh, WrestleMania, where you kind of get in the after the Big Four hangover, or maybe because there's no more Brock Lesnar right now, there's no more Paul Heyman, there's no more Undertaker. So there's no, like, big, big match feels. And although that Sting is there, they're trying to give you the big match feel there, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not as excited as I sh- probably should be. What I was really surprised at Raw this Monday, how good Sting does look for a 56-year-old man. Yeah. He is in shape. All right, he doesn't have as much of a, as full of a set of hair. But hey, he's still got hair. Almost more as I do. And he's 56, and he's actually in shape. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him wrestle without a shirt this Sunday, which he was uh, wearing one Monday. But I think he's waiting for that surprise, for that pop of how good he looks for this Sunday because you have to pay to him to see him without the shirt. But I think I, I like that. And... Uh, I think he's going to have a good match against Rollins because Rollins is going to set him up like a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could have picked a better person to have to work with Sting in this match than Seth Rollins because you know that Rollins is going to be able to carry him to a good match. And I think that says a lot about the trust that they have in Seth Rollins that uh, they can really give a, give him a guy like a veteran, you know, a future Hall of Famer who's obviously going to go in the Hall of Fame this year. Sting, that is, not Seth Rollins, but who's going to go in the Hall of Fame this year. And the trust that they have in this guy to... You not only put on a put on a, a main event quality match, but really carry a guy to a 56 year old man to a great matchup. No, yeah, it's going to be one of the most important moment of this pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still not sure if it's going to be the main event. I don't know where they're going to put it. It would make sense to put it as a main event because it's the, it's the biggest belt. It's the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Are they going to treat it as such? Or are they going to put Cena and Rollins as the main event for the U.S. championship? I, my prediction, Kevin, is I predict that Cena and Rollins actually kick off the pay-per-view. Okay. So yeah. right after your Neville and the Lucha Dragons versus the, comis, the Cosmic Wasteland, which yep. could be called the Comic Wasteland, actually. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I think that makes the most sense because Rollins is playing double duty, so you do have to – you know him and Cena are going to have one of their – you know, they're good matches, four-star matches. And, you know, that, that you're going to have to give... Unless there's shenanigans in that main event with Sting and, with Sting and, um, with, and Rollins, you really have to give Rollins a couple-hour rest before, before both matches, I think. I think it makes sense. You don't want to gas the guy out, and then he's gassed for the main event match against Sting. No, all right. Let's start with the pre-show on the uh, pre... 
game pay-per-view show that WWE always does. Neville and the Lucha Dragons versus the Cosmic Wasteland. The Ascension has teamed up with uh, Stardust, uh, formerly known as Cody Rhodes, uh, in the last couple of weeks on SmackDown. And it basically gives them at least something to do for the Ascension. Uh, but they're going to fight off against Neville and the Lucha Dragons. Uh, it's basically just a feud to occupy the talent involved. I kind of like the fact that they've given the Ascension a little something. Kind of put together this group. And there's one thing that... Uh, okay, I don't want to say pro wrestling because it's not a problem in other promotions. But WWE is lacking. It's, it's lacking like stables. And it's lacking groups. And that sort of thing. And I like that they've kind of done that. I think it's kind of cool that they've just kind of stuck these guys together and, you know, they've kind of got this weird shit going on. And you're like, Three okay. isn't a stable, though. Is three a stable? Or should it be like, or four is a stable? I don't yeah, know. I don't know, Kevin. Technically, a stable is more than two people, so. Yeah, but when I think of three, it reminds me of trios and it reminds me of Mexico and it reminds me of those type of matches. I don't think of stables and I don't necessarily, uh, I, like, is the new day a stable? Like, we're not expecting new members in a new day. So, for me, that's how you define a stable is is people joining in or out. I don't know. Yeah, and that's true. And I agree with you there. So, this is something where they could add some new members, you know, where they could have, like, we, like I don't I, know. I still predict that eventually El Torito will become El Lazardo or something. And he's going to join the Lucha Dragons and become, like, a small dragons. Probably. I didn't even think about that. Oh, for but... sure. Like, or... Orange Swoggle comes back and he dresses as Lucha Dragons to go back with those type of feuds because uh, I think the Matadors are going to be through soon. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and they should just take off the masks and then we can tell them apart again. But <laughs> my, sorry, Kevin, just we kind of got off topic there. But my point is, yeah, I'm kind of glad the Ascension is doing something. They were they were good in NXT. I enjoyed watching their work in NXT and they haven't really caught on in the main roster yet. So maybe, you know, I'm not saying that this is going to give them a huge push, but at least at least they're doing something, not just background noise right now. They're part of something. So I think it's cool. Um, I guess are we making predictions? Or are we just sure? Let's yeah. go with your prediction. Uh, my prediction is I think the I think he keeps Stardust and the Ascension. I think you 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 try to put them over in a bit as these badass this badass group. And I think so. If you put the wasteland over, you need to continue the program because if it's a comic book story, at the end of the story, well, the hero has to win. Otherwise, yeah. uh, the company goes bankrupt. Just ask WCW. But at the end of the day, the hero has to win, especially if you treat it as a comic book story. So, if the Cosmic Wasteland wins. I think that program will gather more steam and become more important will be moved to the main card to build up Cody Rhodes because I still believe they have plans for Cody Rhodes. Yes, the, uh, the story with Sivan ML I did gather some publicity and some steam, but maybe not enough in the eyes of the WWE. But I still believe that Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust, has more in the future than well, we expect, at least. Yeah, and I know people are kind of clamoring for the whole go back to Cody Rhodes thing. I don't think we're going to see it quite yet. So I think we're a little bit – I think we might see that maybe next year, WrestleMania time. So I guess I guess in the end, uh, you're right. Uh, so I think it does kind of have to continue the program. And I guess you can just have these six guys feud with each other. It's not hurting anybody, so – no, absolutely. Then we have, uh, we'll just go with not necessarily a particular order. We don't know where and how the matches will take place on the card still. We don't have the order. No. But we'll go with Rusev and Dolph Ziggler as the next one. Uh, on a card where every belt is defended, 
because there's a double champion, there's some program that don't have a, a, a title or anything really as a reward for a match, and Rusev and Dolce was one of them. The only reason, Kevin, that I give two shits about this feud at all is because of Rusev. And I was not a Rusev fan. Uh, you know, you can go back and listen to our earlier podcast. I just never really got into his character. But when he came back and he and he uh, from his foot injury and he went back to the Bulgarian thing, I I don't know what it is, but Rusev has really really won me over. Maybe it's because he's he's getting he he's funnier. I don't know if that makes any sense, and I don't like the fact that uh, sometimes you know you book, but he's still a monster. You know what I mean? He he's not like a goofball character. And this this angle has done. It's done a couple of things. It, it, well, of- I, at least in the last two to three weeks, this angle has been probably more talked about than anything Rusev oh, or yeah. Dolph Ziggler have done before. Mm. And a lot of people aren't a fan of this angle. They don't get it. But, at the but end it's still the- working if they're not a fan of it. That's the thing. Yeah, That's it- the thing what people don't get. If you hate it, it works in a way because it does get some attention to what Dolph or Rusev is doing. Because Rusev in the last couple of six months lost the aura of invincibility that he did have before and Dolph Ziggler nobody really cared about for the last six months because after Survivor Series last year where he was put they dropped strong, the ball on that eh Kevin like they, they really dropped the ball on that they really dropped he was the hottest point he was in the last five years was after that Survivor Series night and on the Monday they fucked it up right after but uh, since that point it's the hottest he's been and because we don't know if he's playing both sides which means we don't know if Lana and Summer are actually both dating Ziggler or maybe one of them in the side piece. Or maybe Ziggler is playing mind games and double screw up with Summer Ray trying to make believe that he wants her now and he doesn't. And he's going to hurt her heart and he's going to break her and that will hurt Rusev in the meantime. Uh, there's a lot of possibility of how it actually can go after this Raw. Yeah, and that's just it. And at the end of the day, and you kind of said it perfectly, Kevin, that no one—it's not that no one cares about Ziggler, but he's not—he's—he's he's background noise right now. And this feud has kind of helped them get a little bit out of that funk he is in. But I'm thinking Dolph Ziggler is in dire need of a uh, of a, a refresh. And I think the best way to do that is give the guy a heel turn because the guy was a great heel. He. And this is actually a good way to do it. And you just said it. If he is playing both sides, Lana and Summer Ray, wouldn't that kind of make him a player? Kind of make him like a sleazeball? And he joins the primetime players. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no? I don't know if he might be missing a key component to join the primetime players. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> um, but no, but you know what I mean? Like, what a better way to, to kind of give a guy a a fresh start by turning them heel and make him this like sleaze, sleazy like player character. You know what I mean? Where he just, he doesn't care. He, 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 he throws women away. Like, uh, Hey, he's already has the long hair, the bleach hair, the jeans and the bandanas to go with it. So he's basically that character already. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying turn Rusev face in the process because I don't think, uh, and, and are you like me when I look at Dolph Ziggler, for some reason, all I smell is like Armani perfume. I just think of Brett Michaels from Poison. I don't know. Why. Or like Versace. Like, like I, I imagine like he, he smells like Versace or something. And this whole feud. We should, we should ask Summer Rae. She was up close apparently. Well, yeah. She's seen him naked. Yeah. And um, his body glistening. But this oh, whole... when, she, when she said that glistening, I was like, wow, they went there. Yeah, that was very Attitude Era-like. It's probably her best acting she ever does. Probably better than the, the Marine 28 that she was in. Yeah. We should watch that one day. Really? 
Uh, no. I tried to watch Heroes of Wrestling because we, we decided that we were going to review that show eventually. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Nah, we're it, not. It's tough. I, Kevin, nah, I stopped it after ten minutes. I'm like, I, I quit. I, it's I, the worst pay per view. I quit. It was. Voted... I, I did my best James Burnett impression. I quit. <laughs> it's the best. It's the worst. It was voted the worst pay per view of all time. And, and I can see why because yeah. the production values just that was oof. It's uh, horrible. Eesh. Horrifying. Uh, the... Let's talk about something that is not horrifying. And something actually, I I would have loved to build to continue this Monday instead of having the primetime players versus the New Day with the Dudley boys uh, around. Oh, before we get to that, Kevin, you, predictions in the Rusev-Ziggler match? Uh, predictions, predictions, predictions. Uh, maybe a screwy finish. Maybe uh, we see Samurai screw Rusev and then Dolph screw Samurai. Not like, lit, not literally, figuratively. So what I mean is... Maybe there's a swerve and a double swerve and uh, Dolph Ziggler. I don't know. Uh, I don't see that match being just a clean one, two, three. I think in Rusev wins and we just get a – the storyline gets advanced another month, hell in a cell. So. Yeah, it does feel like it's the only feud right now that is worthy of a hell in a cell match so far. Yeah, which is – you know, I Maybe a- that's the whole point of that build is to get that feud ready for hell in a cell. Maybe not the main event, but at least there's going to be a hell in a cell in that Yeah, card. for sure. Absolutely. The New Day versus the Dudleys. Well, Kevin, I think it's safe to say the New Day is easily the hottest thing, the most over thing on the roster right now. Would you not agree with that? I will. And anywhere you went, they were getting booed out of the building. What a difference. I I booed them in March when Raw was in Montreal. We all hated them. Because they sucked. They, well, they sucked. Well, they were trying to force us to cheer for them, and then they turned them heel, and now we all cheer for them. <laughs> but and, and, and now they rock. And Kevin, I got the feeling that the New Day, they do a lot of their own stuff. I have a feeling like the trombone thing was. Uh, have was you there. watched Table for Three yet? No, it's and it's. I do want to get to it, and it's... Uh, let's that and the Jericho podcast mm-hmm. has shown the world that the New Day is an idea of the New Day itself. Yeah, Xavier Woods is the mastermind, the chef, the creator, the messiah of those three guys. and Well, the two guys plus him. Well, he's such a big of a personality, he could be two guys. Well, I just really am falling in love with how they are doing that trio right now. And I actually do feel like they need to put more people in the New Day eventually to, to kick things up, because I don't want the New Day to be over anytime soon. They cannot turn on each other for at least well, they already two are years. Over. Yeah, what I mean, yeah, they're <laughs> over, but I don't want it to be over. I, I get what you're over. saying. No, no, I'm just, I'm just being silly. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. And yeah, and I'm definitely going to check out that table for three because it's, uh, it's something I definitely want to check out. But yeah, and it's three of them talking around a table. It's basically a table for three. The three, and it's on WWE Network, so you can find it if you have the network. The three of them all play off each other beautifully. You know what I mean, Kev? They In a witty, smart way that is still funny, but it has double and tender sometimes and is uh, very entertaining. Unfortunately, it, it, we don't see Xavier Woods wrestle enough, in my opinion, because he is very good in the ring, I do believe. But it's still very entertaining when you have him. Um, I think he's more entertaining probably outside than inside, but he's still pretty good inside. Yep. And uh, there, I think as far as like... I, like I said, a lot of this stuff is their own idea, and these three guys play off well off of one another. And I never thought there'd be a time in my life where I was actually a fan of Kofi Kingston, but I, like just the way he comes clapping down in the ring, I fucking think it's hilarious. And the Biggie dance, like it, it's Biggie. Biggie has been the revelation for me. Why? Because it's a guy, okay, with the size that he does have, 
and, and the look that he has, he there's a certain aura and certain preconceived ideas that people do have of what his personality should be like. Yeah. And he never probably was that personality in his entire life. In a way, he's a nerd that loves video games. Just watch Up, Up, and Down, Down, uh, Xavier Woods' show about video games that he plays against uh, WWE superstars on YouTube. Well, <laughs> you see his personality. He's very outgoing, silly, nerdy, geeky type of humor that he can use uh, the booty, the all oh, the little details that he's making, hip thrusting, dancing with Triple H of all people. That was yeah. hilarious. But I really like that part where he, uh, we see him bloom. I don't know if you understand. It's, it's like a teenager that finally discovers life at 14 years old and he's free. That's what Biggie looks like right now. Well, my only concern about the new day is this, Kevin, and uh, we'll get to the predictions right after right after this. I, I'm just worried that they're going to get the Ms. Dow treatment, that they're going to get so over and then... Oh, Ms. Dow, uh, he's made it a comeback right now. Yeah, he's which is good. He's been spotted on house shows with his old gimmick, but treated as a face, and it's actually working, apparently. Damien Sandow? Yes, sir. Okay, that's good. And I think him and you know, him and both Curtis Axel need a little, little, little bit of refresh. But Curtis Axel was one of the Lumberjacks last week on SmackDown, so... So was Kevin Owens. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but he was hiding. He was just trying to make sure nobody realized that he was there because they were all geeks. But yeah, there was. So yeah, so I just hope they don't get the. Uh, he doesn't get the missed out treatment that he gets to Wolver, and then after they un, and obviously the new day is not gonna last forever. But let's. And, uh, they're facing Dudley Boys, the best team ever. Some would say. Maybe not me. But the 24 championship, nine WWE tag team championship, going for the Decima, the 10th one. And the build for this show was great at the beginning with the surprise of the Dudley boys and they were running rough shop and calling the new day out. But the primetime players invoked their rematch clause and really it was anticlimactic this Monday because I would have loved to see the Dudley boys go at it at the stick against the new day like it was the case two Mondays ago. Yeah, and I think we should just enjoy this New Day while it lasts, uh, because it's great. It's one of the, th- like, I'm I'm heading to, uh, I'm going to be at Raw in two weeks uh, from, uh, sorry, a week from Monday uh, in Buffalo. So it, it's one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to is just seeing the, is the New Day entrance, you know, like, I'm, even on Raw, when I'm watching it from home, that the biggest oh, thing I look forward yes to it is the New Day. Yes, it certainly is. And so as far as predictions go, Kevin, I think that it would be stupid to take the belt off the New Day. I don't think they needed to take the belts off the New Days at, uh, at Money in the Bank, but they but did. But you need to keep the Dudley Boys strong, though, and that program cannot end here because they're actually thinking of revitalizing that tag team division. Which is great. With the tournament, basically, the tournament is probably made to get over either one tag team champions or maybe one new tag team or to make Samoa Joe and Finn Balor program but still they're trying to do something with the tag teams which is which is something we've been clamoring for for a while and it's great i'm not saying that the new day uh, have to beat the dudley boys clean it's all they're obviously going to cheat to win maybe get hit with a trombone or something but i think you have no, to keep the belts on the new day i have to say though uh, the same idea that brian alvarez did say on brian vinicio last night <laughs> is you cannot touch that you can touch a trombone but you cannot break it until wrestlemania yeah that trombone needs to be broken at wrestlemania <laughs> Do you think they'll have a trombone, a trombone on a pole match at any point? Maybe, maybe uh, the tr- maybe, and you bring the trombone, he comes out with a tuba. Then you bring the tuba, he comes out with a guitar. 
Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to see Dean Ambrose with a piano guitar. Damn right, I want to see it. I want to Dean see Ambrose. It. I want to see uh, Dean Ambrose. Xavier Woods. I like Dean Ambrose too. Actually, he, he could join New Day. I want to see Xavier Woods bring out a new like wind instrument every week. <laughs> Harmonica. Well, that's too easy. Yeah. And you can't do the you can't do the bagpipes. No, no. You could do a a windpipe, or you could do a accordion. I don't know what it is in English, but uh, uh, the thing that you pump up and down, and you uh, like an accordion. Exactly, an accordion. It, it, yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, what you said in French. We just don't say it with a French accent. Accordion. <laughs> it's just accordion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you predict the, the new, new day. day. Uh, do you predict the screw finish? Because if you, you need to keep the Dudley Boys strong. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be some sort of cheat. Uh, so what does Xavier Woods do? And it'll be a distraction finish, something with a trombone or something or something along those lines. Hopefully or, the primetime players have nothing to do with it, which will probably be the case because it's one thing we don't want it to see and it'll probably happen. Yeah. I, with whatever way, there's no way the New Day wins clean, but the New Day walks out as tag team champions. Next match for another championship bout. Actually, we're going to talk a trio, about a, a trio match with a mystery partner first because that match is not for a title. Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and the mystery partner against the Wyatt family with Braun Strowman, which the more I look at him, the more he just looked like an inflated emo Eugene. There, <laughs> I haven't heard that. Uh, well, the emo part is because of the his pierced nipple that you see through his wife Peter Black uh, shirt. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually disagree with Dave Meltzer. He is not a fan of Braun Strowman. And if I can be honest with you, I don't get why. I think Braun Strowman does what he's supposed to do. I think uh, – I, I like Braun Strowman. I like the character. I like the idea. I like what he's done. I don't like his move that he takes them because you know what? It, it feels like it's half to move. What, it feels like he's taking and thing? he's choking. But it feels like he should do like a rock bottom or something after with it. Then the move would seem more complete to me. It just seemed like it's half a move, and he opened his mouth already, should not have done that. I don't think his face fits with his body, so I think that's the problem for me. I think it's his eyes and his cheeks. He looks actually quite nice. What I mean is he looks like a nice person. He looks like jolly old friendly, that part of him, and the rest looks weird. So uh, that's the problem for me. That, that's where the disconnect is, is. I would hope that he would disconnect his face and put another one. I think... Braun Strowman is perfect for the Wyatt family. I, I like. I don't mind that triangle move. I think it's kind of cool that it's that it's it, when he gets you up there, it's fucking lights out. Like I, I think that's the way a finishing move should be booked. I mean, obviously, you and I did not see eye to eye on this, which is fine, and we don't have to see eye to eye on everything. But my point is, Kevin, that you gotta give you gotta get let these people kind of get like a, a slow burn. You can't expect them to come and just be a house of fire. And I think tr- people are trying to shit on Braun Strowman before he's actually had a chance to prove himself. In, in, in my opinion. The thing is, people remember when he was a fucking, uh, what was the Adam Rose? Oh, uh, Rosebud. He was a Rosebud. But he was the biggest Rosebud, so you could not miss him. Well, we remember that, Kevin, but I mean, I don't think the casual fans can remember that. Sure. All right. You know I did like Roman Reigns' promo Monday. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty good. It was kind of awkward because they were close to each other. Nobody was fighting, not even close, and they just finished the the segment like okay we're done all right <laughs> and it's fine sometimes to just finish it like this without a stupid brawl without a weird comeback or a promo by Wyatt that you don't understand and it's just too vague I think 
they probably did it right for once with Roman Reigns and Wyatt on Monday. With Dean Ambrose yeah. not talking, and that's good too. No, no, yeah. It, and again, you know, Reigns is really working hard to rebuild kind of his foundation after the debacle that, that was the Royal Rumble. So this when, is going to help. When he said the y'all, you'll see y'all. <laughs> I thought it was, he's from Florida. He should be talking like he should be talking. What I mean is, Stop over-scripting him. And I think Monday maybe was a little freer than usually. I didn't say 100% free. Maybe he just squeezed a couple of words in and it was fine. Yeah, and he did a good job and he got to the point and he didn't do any stupid jokes or anything. He just, you know, was pissed off and he wanted to fight these guys and that's what happened. So the big question is, Kevin, who is the mystery partner? Okay, let's go by process of elimination first. Yes. Okay? Yes. Uh, it started a couple of weeks ago. There was a fake picture that was running around. It was Baron Corbin. You can X that for sure. Okay. It was Photoshopped, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Baron Corbin because there's not going to be a pop if he comes out. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no build on. It's not like he's on the main roster or anything, right? You know, the way the match going to happen for me, it's going to happen the way that Bash of the Beach, 1996. Two on three to start the match. So Hogan's the partner? <laughs> Probably not Hogan, but somebody comes to save Dean Ambrose. Maybe a face, maybe a heel turning face in the exact opposite. I don't know. Uh, there's something like this can happen. And maybe it's Eric Rowan trying to come and save them and he turns on them, even though he's still a heel, but he was injured. Uh, there's a lot of things that can happen, but let's continue the process. So not Baron Corbin. Okay. Randy Orton. He was talked to by the two, got beat up, and hasn't been seen on TV since. I don't think it's going to be Randy Orton. It'd be disappointing if it was. Yes, it'd be very disappointing. Uh, Uso got beat up this week. I don't think it's going to be the other Uso because injured, and it's not going to be that Uso because they wrote him off with that injury. Yes. So, who's left? He. There were talks about family, and that was hints, maybe, or maybe just curveball thrown by Roman Reigns in his promo in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes, this Monday, there was still talk about families, and Roman Reigns was talking to Dean Ambrose saying, I'm not happy that you brought up my, I think it was two rounds ago, I'm not happy that you brought up my family into this, as the other Uso got beat up. Uh, maybe family The Rock, but I don't think The Rock would come back at Night of Champions for a trios match. And not only that, Kevin, it's because if you're going to have The Rock come back and fight in a match, why, like, you're not going to do it as a surprise. You know, you want to promote it. You want to help garner buys, and The Rock is going to help garner that. So, yeah, I agree with you there. It's not going to be The Rock either. Who's left? That's the thing. And a lot of the times... Uh, Daniel Bryan? Is he medically cleared to wrestle? He has been by his own doctors for months now. But the WW doctors himself has been have been scared to clear him. Okay. Well, I But it it could be because he has been cleared by his and if you it, it would make sense. And yeah, in a so way it, it would probably be what's I don't know, it, it would make sense is it best and I don't know. But that outside of him, who that's just it, Kevin. And a lot of the times when they do these mystery party partner angles, it's always... Mark Henry. If it's Mark Henry, I'm losing my shit. Well, that's what I was... That's my point. It's always disappointing. The, the only time I can think that it was never disappointing uh, for a mystery partner was when Hogan joined the NWO at Batch of the Beach 96. That was like the, one of the only t- times I was surprised. But I can honestly tell you here... If it's Jeff Hardy, it could be Jeff Hardy. Yeah, because we all know TNA is on running on the clock right now. And well, there's been mention. Done. There's been mention of the Hardy 
boys in the last couple of weeks on Raw and on the website. Well, hopefully uh, Jeff Hardy can make that appearance. Uh, EC3 has just got to let him do it since he's his personal assistant. But uh... <laughs> Are you still watching that stuff? Yeah, I am. I, I think the big thing that... I try, but oh, it's not easy. EC3 as champion kind of really brought me back in and the whole Global Force Wrestling thing. Yeah, I, I don't... I just... Honestly, Kevin, you know why the biggest reason why I'm watching TNA right now? I just want to see how it all ends. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm kind of yeah. curious. Uh, let's go back to the question at hand. Who is going to be? Who Who's left? Not Henry... Not going to be Big Show. It's not going to be, well, in case maybe Big Show turns two, three times still the pay-per-view, but still, it's not going to be Big Show. Daniel Bryan, not going to be The Rock. Here's a question, Kevin. Not who's left, but who's left that makes sense. Who would it be that would not be disappointed? That's just thing. I've heard people say Kane, but Kane doesn't make sense. Wow, that doesn't make any sense. It's probably going to be him. So are they bringing someone up from NXT? Would be Samoa, Samoa Joe. Joe. See, we've all said it at the same time. So I think he's Samoan, might... so you can always say, "Ah, he's related to Roman Reigns in family way." He will get a pop, I think, because people know who he is. He can come in and turn right away and become a very good heel. Yeah, and not saying necessarily joining up with the Wyatt family, but I think some. And here's the thing, Kevin. I've heard... just look at Roman Reigns, and be like, "You're not the only Samoan here. I represent the Samoan." Dynasty, not your family. Your family's a bunch of fakes and movie and guys that don't really care about the business. I've been in this business for 15 years, busting my chops without making the big paychecks, and I really represent the Samoan way. You got a problem with that? Well, come and believe this. Well, I, he cuts I, this promo. He's a automatically top heel. You, here's the thing, Kevin, and here's what frustrates me about WWE writing. You, in 15 seconds, just booked. A, uh, a three, four months worth of uh, storylines with Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe perfectly. That's how easy it is, and that's how simple it is for the fans. What you just said makes perfect sense. So it obviously means it's probably going to be fucking Randy Orton, who's a mystery partner. <laughs> uh, who else? Okay, let's just – I know we're, we're, we're maybe taking too long to talk Welling, about this but, match, yeah. but it's rare that we can actually – think about stuff and it helps maybe book the day the next year so yeah who else could be that mystery partner because they hyped up that spot so much that the guy that's at the spot kind of have to be important down the road yeah i think i think it's got to be someone along those lines it's got to be someone that's like oh holy shit now is there anybody the only person who's been gone for a while that's that hasn't come back is daniel bryan gold dust yeah and i just don't know his his medical clearance it's not going to be gold dust no, it's totally not going to be Goldust. It's not. It could be Goldberg. Uh, yeah, but out of nowhere like this, it wouldn't get the. It would not be. I don't know. The only couple that I've seen that make sense. The only two that I've said that make sense so far. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe. And I is, will... is it possible that one of those two? No, because that makes sense and it and it's cool and it'd be a good idea for it to be that. Whoever My dark the... horse is Jeff Hardy. That's my dark horse. If we would put money on it, I would put money on Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, and a long shot on Jeff Hardy. I think we're going to get something disappointing. I think it's going to be something. Like, <laughs> I'm getting my hopes up for nothing. Yeah, and maybe that's just the, uh, the the wrestling fan in me that doesn't get too, too excited about stuff. But I personally, that's what I think. Now, here's my question to you, Kevin. And it's kind of piggybacking off of the whole Reigns, Ambrose thing. Are we still going to see a split with those two? And... Because if, you if have you, to, because it, it, 
there seemed to be a beginning of tension between the two. It's subtle, but it's even Monday when they were talking behind backstage and one saying it was going to be the Great Kali. I think it was on the website. There was a video. It was saying, who's going to be your partner? And one says Great Kali, the other was Savio Vega. I don't think it's going to be either of the two. But there was tease of dissension there too. So it's going to be interesting to see who turns on who. Yeah, and I think that's just it. And it's actually who turns on whom. But I don't think you can put... I don't think they make Reigns a heel. I think they put McMahon has put too much stock in him. I think Ambrose has cooled off considerably since his feud with uh, Rollins in uh, in the summertime. So I think Rollins could it be Rollins the mystery partner? Shield re his third match of the night. Why not? I think we're at least another two years from a Shield reunion. Okay, at let's least. move. Let's predictions. Uh, I think the Wyatt family's got to win. To, uh, they really want to get this group over as monsters. They have to win. Okay. Next match for the IC title, Ryback versus Montreal's own. Actually, it's Maryville's own. How far is that from Montreal? Uh, That's a good question. I've never been there. I think it's probably like an hour or something. Okay. Maybe maybe people are screaming at their telephone right now. Like, you dumbass, it's really closer or it's further. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. It's in Quebec. Yeah, we know that. And I really like Kevin Owens' promo, and I really dislike Ryback, especially because you know what? You know what the promo was on Monday? Yeah, it was real life coming to play. When I mean that, when Kevin Owens was telling Ryback that he's weak, he was proving it by always going back to, "Ah, oh, you didn't take a DVD out of the ring. Uh huh, yeah. it's still in the ring. Uh huh, you dumb fuck, move on and actually continue to what I'm talking about because I'm I'm doing great in my promo, and you're fucking it up by just talking about the DVD." Or the, the book or whatever. Right back, Kevin, when he did that I'm all shook up thing, I was embarrassed. Oh, I was, ah! Uh, were you not embarrassed for him? I was Ah, uh, it hurts. Even the, the people in the stands were embarrassed for themselves. Yeah, it was, it, like, right back, I didn't, oh, I... It hurts just thinking about him. Like, no, I kept oh, speechless. Oh, ah! Yeah, Shut it up! Was I just wanted to, to hit him. It, I, I, wanted to sh- I wanted to shoot on him. And you're right. I know. I just wanted to shoot him. <laughs> um, when you were right, Kevin, about the whole promo thing, and they've tried to make this intercontinental title thing as uh, relevant as a U.S. title, and which the- and Kevin Owens almost did if it wasn't for Ryback. If it wasn't for the couple comments Ryback made, uh, the few would have been fine because you understand what Kevin Owens saying, and it's kind of true that hey, dude, you are weak. You are weak-minded. You are just a influential type of person that can be molded and can do the heels bidding because he's smarter than you. Yeah. And that's what it is. And Kevin Owens, um, you know, you're not going to match wits with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a, a, a veteran of the Indies, a veteran of everything. You know what I mean? And Ryback tries to get under Owens' skin with those little quirky comments. And then when he threw the, the book jacket in his face and said, did I miss there? Perfect. You know what? And Kevin Owens, I think the reason why we're so behind Kevin Owens is not just because he's a great wrestler, but he represents us. He represents the IWC. He represents the He represents Spark- every single man out there. I look quite closer to what a Kevin Owens do look than what a Ryback do look. Uh, yeah, I have. I hear and you. I, I was the one bully when I was a kid, so it's fun to see one of the people that look like me not necessarily become a bully. But he does stand up for himself, and there's not a lot of people standing up for themselves in the WWE anymore. And it used to be a, a face trait. Now it's almost shot, frowned upon and a heel tactic to stand up for yourself and fight for what you believe in. 
Yeah, and Kevin Owens, he, if he doesn't win this championship, I'm going to be dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded if he does not win the Intercontinental title. I thought he should have won the U.S. title from John Cena at, uh, at Battleground. I will be absolutely shocked if Kevin Owens does not walk out with the Intercontinental title because then you have a... And I hope he destroys right back. And he yeah. cuts a promo on him saying, see, you got your big muscle and your 24-inch python. Well, he's not going to say that because of the holding situation. But look at your arms. Look at your torso. Look at your shoulders. Look at me. But look at my face and look at my brain. Look at what I did to you. I dismantled you in the squared circle faster than anybody else did. Why? Not because I'm stronger. Because I'm smarter. See? And I hope he cuts that promo. And then Ryback's like, yeah, you're right. And eventually Ryback becomes like disciple of Kevin Owens or something. That's how much I don't like the guy. I hope the big boy stays a big boy. The Kevin, here's the thing, Kevin. Kevin Owens, uh, what he can do for the Intercontinental title is the exact same thing John Cena did for the U.S. title. It doesn't necessarily have to have you know, like U.S. Open championships, but he needs to... He as can, a heel, though. He could do that as a heel. Yep, a like, fighting champion, right? Ric Flair U.S. title or World Heavyweight title type of run where you do believe the face is going to win, but at the end of the day, the heel pulls a tactic and wins. And he can also do like a honky-tonk man-esque thing too, where like all of a sudden... He's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. He, he certainly is, and he can do a, a honky-tonk man-esque thing when he walks, you know, he'll save the title by by uh, count-on disqualification, just keeping it on him. I think, give the belt to Owens, let him go on like a year run with it. That's how you make the intercontinental title relevant again and get Owens ready for the main event scene. Because if Kevin Owens isn't challenging for the world title... By the end of 2016, I might just jump off the top of Titan Towers. Next, we're moving on. There's only two fights left. And while fights, we'll see at least matches in this pay-per-view. And it's the both match involving Seth Rollins, probably the best wrestler, according to PWI, he is. (laughs) According to us as well, we do believe Seth Rollins is the real man right now. The man, but still, he's facing John Cena and then Sting. First of all, what do you think about the U.S. title match against Cena? Well, I think we're going to see a great match with these two. Um, You know, John Cena is a product of... uh, John Cena can put on great matches, but it all depends who he's in the the ring with, you know. But, I mean, to be fair, that says a lot of things. You know, it's not like we're going to see a five-star match with Rollins and the Giant or the Big Show, whatever the fuck you want to call him. So, yeah, both of these guys, you know, I think Cena brings out the best in Rollins and vice versa, which is which is awesome to see. So I think we're going to see a memorable match. Here's the thing, Kevin, and it doesn't make sense for Cena to have, uh, sorry, Rollins to have both belts. They no, need it to, doesn't. No, because he, the U.S. title hasn't been defended since he won it. And at least with Cena, he can go back to his U.S. Open challenge. And, and that's how he should have lost the belt in the first place. We need a TV title, and the U.S. championship was almost a TV yep. title when it means that it was defended on TV. So at least uh, the U.S. should be the TV title. Maybe not a name, but in form. Yeah. And the world heavyweight title should not be fought unless it's pay-per-view. So that way, it will have a little cachet to it. Yeah. And, um, and so that- does it mean that uh, Cena wins? Yes, I think Cena wins. I think it makes sense for Cena to win. They- Clean? <sighs> yeah. He's the champion? Yes, because if Cena wins clean, it's going to look like the deck is stacked against Rollins going to his match against Sting. And it kind of creates that shadow of doubt that, oh, is, is Sting going to win? Is Sheamus going to catch in? So I think... And this Rollins win over Sting clean later on. I think I think he almost has to because the way he's been booked. Unless you're going to start another program for Sting with somebody else that gets well, involved. Here's my dilemma. 
Remember that Sting Triple H promo? Yes. Where Sting basically kissed Triple H's ass for about 15 minutes. Then I was thinking, if Sting wins, Triple H can look at Rollins and be like, dude, what are you doing? Yes. How come you lost to that geriatric old little stinger? How could you have done that? I beat him easily. You're not half the man I am. You don't deserve to be where you are. And the program can turn there. And the more he berates and put down Rollins, like Triple H knows how to do, mm-hmm. it does make Rollins turn face eventually. Uh, that's the logical conclusion to the start of the Sting promo about Triple H. Now, it makes sense in that thing. It doesn't make sense because Rollins is the champion. That's the thing. Yeah, and we, Kevin, we all know that it's going to go to a Rollins-Triple H match, right? And I don't think we're going to see that till WrestleMania. I think it's worthy for WrestleMania 32. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be even 33. Maybe it's going to be built for years. Who knows? Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I don't see it pulling the trigger right now on it. So I really dumbfounded with the end of this match. Yeah, it, it, that's just it. And I think we're going to see it this year uh, at WrestleMania 32. And the, the reasoning why, Kevin, is I think that um, it makes the most sense because they're already starting to drop hints of it. And I like your idea of a, of, a, of a year build, a year and a half build. But unfortunately, this day and age, they don't do that kind of thing. It's not, it's not the late 80s with Macho and Hogan where they started dropping hints at WrestleMania 4 for a match at WrestleMania 5. So here's the thing, though. So if they're going to do that match, we have after, – so after we have November, December, January, February, March, April. So we have about six months before WrestleMania 32, after after Night of Champions. Yeah. So I think that they're not going to fast-track it, but then they'll really start picking up seams. So before that, Rollins is going to have to lose the title because it's obviously not going to be a title match. So does Sting win and then Sheamus catch in, cash in, get that over and done with? Makes sense. You know what I mean? Because But it sucks in a way because then you really take the steam out of Sting and is Sting even going to be used in WrestleMania 32? Yeah, I don't know. Do they it, have that in the plans? If they do, do you really want to make him lose twice in a row in weird fashion, in fishy, dusty fashions? I don't know. Again, it's just one of those things where I think, yes, you do. Um, See, the idea of the two matches is great. But the way to get out of the Sting match is there's not an easy one. You can, The only easy one is for Sting to beat Seth Rollins clean. And you just can't do that. So... Uh, you cannot use a legend to stop the progress of the future. No. Uh, this is not how this business has continued to thrive since the early years of this business. Shame. It's the exact opposite. But how do you do it? When, I don't know. I'm, I'm dumbfounded, really. It's the, I'm confused of how they're going to get out of it. Sheamus is really the wild card in this thing, Kevin. And Yeah, but nobody wants Sheamus with the belt. So he Sheamus almost has to lose the cash-in. That's just it. And, like, we've all... So we've stinks. All- Still keeps the belt, or Seth Rollins, probably. Or? So you do this. You do Rollins loses against Cena, wins against Sting by a heel way, still being really beat up. Uh, Sheamus cashes it in, but Rollins beats Sheamus. That would make sense, but then you put... So what's the point of having the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, then? Or the Money in the Bank pay-per-view if they do that? Yeah, but they, they didn't have anybody to give it with, because Reigns was not high enough, and... They thought it would have been stronger eventually after, but it didn't go with it. So uh, that's what fucked all the plans. You know, all of those plans were fucked because they 
wanted to be Roman Reigns, but they did not do things accordingly. So, yeah. The Sheamus heel turn has been good for the Sheamus character, but it hasn't... You know what the biggest problem with the... And it's, it's, not, it's no fault of Sheamus's. It's ever since Sheamus has turned heel and came back the night after WrestleMania, with the exception of Dolph Ziggler, he is just feuded with Randy Orton and no one gives a fuck about the feud with Randy Orton. It's we've seen that match a billion times. So it's just it's just really cooled off. And I think if they played it right, they could they could have really worked Sheamus up to one of their top heels and you know, made made him have that uh, that briefcase uh, for a reason, not the way that he hasn't. I think you're right that no one wants no one wants him to have the belt cuz it doesn't make any sense. No, exactly. So uh that's going to be very interesting to see how they do get out of the match. What is your prediction? What I, do you think they will do? Rollins wins. No, nope. Sheamus. I think I think there's some sort submission, of submission, uh, gimmicky win. Gimmicky win. I think there's somebody else who wants that Sting and is pissed at Sting, and I don't know who it's going to be, but if someone's going to cost Sting the match, and then we'll Sting Booker will be Booker T. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe retired. Maybe Booker T. I don't know. But, who else? Let's, who else is left from WCW that could make a run in? To to who could hate Sting? Big Papa Pump, uh, you're not going to go there. What about the fake Sting? Remember the fake Sting? He could come out. Who was the fake Sting? I, I can't know. remember who the fake Sting was. But he was the best fake ever because he really, he looked more like the real Sting than the fake Undertaker. And then he just like stuck he around picture. afterwards and he, was, and he would wrestle and he would it's just... just called, NWO Sting. Yeah, he would just be called the NWO Sting. <laughs> I remember playing my WCW versus NWO game on... Yeah, he was in the, the game as the NWO Sting. On the N64, he was NWO Sting. Yes. I don't know, Kevin, to be honest with you. And you know what? In a way, I kind of like how that I don't know because it's not predictable. All right. So my prediction is Rollins going over Sting in a fashion where Sting is protected. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. A count out doesn't really work. Maybe he pass out in a submission. Maybe the referees could do a screw job. I don't know. Is yeah. that what happens? Do I do predict a Seamus cash in? I do so because I do believe they're going to get the briefcase out of the question and Seamus might lose because you don't want it to do too often, mm. but Seamus cannot become a world heavyweight champion. Absolutely not. And I agree with you 100%. But I don't think we see the cash in on, my, on, on Sunday because I think they're reminding us a little too much that Seamus can do it. It's just wrestling booking 101. You don't, you know what I mean? I think we'll see a fake cash-in where he won't be able to cash-in in time. Or maybe someone, maybe Cena will cost him the cash-in. And then he can go into a program with Cena or something like that. But Maybe you know. he goes into a program with someone and the briefcase is in play. That, that never happens. And it's about time it does happen. The only time it ever happened, Kevin, was uh, I think it happened at TLC in 2011 or 2012. One of the, I think 2012 was – yeah, 2012 when – Dolph Ziggler put his money on the bank briefcase on the line against Cena. And, you know, Ziggler reclaimed it, but I think that would be perfect. The money, the briefcase should be in play, and someone should lose the briefcase. And then it's never happened, and I think it should. No, exactly. And Sheamus is the perfect candidate for this. Yep. All right. That wraps up our preview for United Champions. Thanks for listening to Down the Owl Wrestling Podcast on Off the Woodwork Sports Podcasting Network iTunes, FeedBurner, PodBay, and the individual feed is fixed as well, so you can just subscribe to Down the Aisle if you like. Rob, talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. Until next time, take that bump.